Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, it's a Red Raider football post-mortem as we discuss what we got right and what we got wrong in 2023. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to see you again. And we've got a few different things to discuss today. We're back. Looking in the rear view once again at a football season gone by. We'll get to some of what we got right, some of what we got wrong as far as preseason expectations for the Red Raiders. But first, we will look ahead to United Supermarkets Arena as Grant McCaslin and the Red Raider men's basketball team are back on the floor. It's Sam Houston coming to town, the Bearcats on the opposite bench coming up tonight. And we are still very much in Take care of business mode as a uh, big 12 play is looming. You got a few ball games here. You're expected to win, obviously, but uh, anything can happen in the wide, wide, weird world of college sports on occasion. And I think you said a week ago, as you get kind of into this strange holiday time, sometimes guys just forget they're a part of a basketball program or a basketball team and what exactly is uh, required of them. But we avoided catastrophe last time around, even though I think all would indicate, and you use this word as well, disjointed was kind of the theme of the day as Texas Tech got a win last time out in a matinee affair. But uh, curious to see what is in store for the Red Raiders tonight as uh, we set the table for Tech and Sam Houston State. Yeah, these uh, th- these games are still. Th- this is the uh, this is one of the other games that stresses that stress coaches out. Just like the game after Christmas, it's like, okay, can we get them back? They've been gone. <laughs> we got to get them back in the routine and get their mind back on business. Uh, and it's still, it's like you see conference play down the hallway, and it's just not <laughs> there yet. You know, the lights on. Uh, you know, but it's not uh, it's not there yet. And so, you know, it's not time to, to go in that room yet. Um, but, you know, Sam Houston State, they're, they're not they're not great. This will be more about you uh, tonight than anything. This will be more about how you kind of hit the ground running and and how much energy you have, you know, typically in these with these dates uh, to, you know, not a ton of uh, students there. You don't necessarily get a big crowd. So again, it's just it, it all all the 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 elements are there for kind of like trap game type scenarios. Uh, same thing on New Year's Day, you know, when North North Alabama shows up uh, for these Red Raiders. But then that's it as far as tune ups go. You know, then you're done. And then from that on, it's like okay, you 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 better you better tie those uh, you know shoes up tight, boy. I mean, because <laughs> you are off off to the races. But but tonight, what what you ultimately want to see is like the the main thing, and this is where it got a little. Uh, and I thought about this after the game was over. But you played UTA, it gets a little disjointed at times. You kind of you know too many turnovers. You you ultimately kept them away and held them at arm's length and a lot. But you know Devin Cambridge would have been really good in that game because it was more of an up and down game and a transition game, and you had some poor decision making. But he, that that's where he was so good. But what you want to see tonight is that, you know, 
the turnover number always tells so much of the story on how well or how locked in you are. Are, are you trying to force stuff that's not there? Are you panicking? Are you just just making you know you know boneheaded decisions because you know and, and Joe and Pop had been so good lately, but they combined for I think uh, I think it was like seven or eight of your. 17 turnovers and those are the two guards that have the ball in their hands the most you know and and you look up and Darion Williams who they've been letting him play uh out of the post is kind of a, a point forward if you will I mean he's got 10 turnovers combined in the last two games now he's got some some assist numbers to go with it but they he's got to be better there he's a big time high level passer but he's got to cut cut down on that. And I think teams are going to scout like when he, you know, when he's backing down right there, if the double team comes, this is where he's throwing it, you know, and, and they've stolen that cross court pass uh, to the opposite wing multiple times. So anyway, that that's what I would look at tonight is just kind of your overall energy, how you start it, turnover numbers, things like that. That'll, that'll tell you a lot about how focused uh, they are. And then they have obviously a couple days to, to, to settle in after this one, and then uh, you play play again on New Year's Day. Yeah, you're giving me flashbacks when you said, uh, can we get him back here of like uh, Rodman in Vegas during the playoffs or something like that? Like, will we ever see him again? I'm, can we get him back here? I, and, and, the, and, the, and if you're watching The Last Dance, like the little hour counter, it's like, hey, I'll be back here. I'll be back here in 48 hours. I promise. I swear to you, I'll be back for just give me 48. And it was like, it was like rolling to 72, then 96. And then uh, <laughs> next day, you know, Michael Jordan's knocking on the door and Carmen Electra is hiding behind a sheet right. uh, in, the, in the hotel room. Like, I'm sorry, is he supposed to be somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we haven't quite gotten there get yet. Get your ass up, Dennis. <laughs> we haven't quite gotten there yet. Quite gotten there yet, thank yeah, goodness. Right, but right. Uh, yeah, that, you know, leaving the last game, with all due respect to UTA, Whenever you've played some of the opponents that you have and you've had a healthy turnover number and then you see that opponent and it's 17, I don't know how you're not just looking straight in the mirror as far as the problem. with. I mean, that, that's all you, right? I don't know how else to shake it up. I mean, again, credit to UTA, but it's not like, you know, some frenetic defense out there, I don't think, that was uh, that was causing that. I, I mean, you have the closest seat in the house, so maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, no, th- there were some unforced errors, uh, or just you know, it, it's simple stuff like not you know, no pass fake or ball fake, and then you just kind of telegraph something. Or yeah, again, on a fast break, you're like, boy, if I throw this pass just perfect through these two defenders, it bounces right here. Boy, it's going to look sweet. And then it's just, it's a it's a low percentage you know, uh, play and it, and it burns you, you know, and that's why coaches will preach till they're, it's boring. I get it, but make the simple play. Like we don't need that right there. You, you don't, you know, dribble it one more time or throw it to the dude that's just standing out here at half court. And let's, let's get into something. And otherwise, you know, the ball goes out of bounds and then coaches over there going, what are you doing? You know, and then we're walking the other way because you turn <laughs> it over, you know I mean? It's, yeah. but it's hard to tell guys like that when you're trying to, you know, and that's what Grant thought at the beginning of the season. I think he felt like there were there were guys on his team pressing and trying to do too much, trying to play to the hype of the building. Maybe uh, when you did have bigger student crowds and bigger crowds in general, um, <clears throat> and so because uh, most of their their high turnover games have been at home for whatever reason. Looking forward to the ball game tonight, and we'll be back on the other side tomorrow to uh, chop it up for better or worse. But as for now, let's get back to football and let's get back to 2023 where we got it right 
where we got it wrong. First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time, and you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events. And with Game Time, you won't because it's always a breeze using the Game Time app where you're going to find killer last minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. Game Time is deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it begins, which means Game Time is the place to find last minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets, and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the Game Time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, creating an account, and then use our code Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code Locked On College. $20 off. Download the Game Time app today for last minute tickets at the lowest price. Guaranteed. This is based in preseason expectation. Things that you thought were going to come to fruition that either did or didn't. Let us know in the YouTube comments uh, where you stand in some of those conversations. And I'll kick it off, Chris. I This is kind of a strange deal for me because my preseason prediction was a seven and five regular season record. I was off by one game. The, that meant the sky was not falling for me as things proceeded towards 500 territory, like they might have been if somebody really thought, you know, Big 12 title game or some of the highest expectations that were out there. So as I'm racking my brain last night thinking about, okay, what am I going to put on my list here? Unfortunately, in a way, some of the stuff that I think I got right were things that I thought would be average to poor, and they turned out to be average to poor. So this doesn't all have to be a conversation like, hey, I thought this would be really good, and it was really good. And where I would start the conversation is, okay, why did I think you're going to be closer to seven and five kind of territory? Well, the offensive line. I did not expect to take some giant leap forward. I didn't expect to all of a sudden be you know stacked with like all-conference stuff. I thought maybe you would be better than you were the year before. I don't even know how I feel about that, really, if you were or weren't, or maybe you're just very similar to what you were the year before. But unfortunately, I would have loved to have been wrong on that. But that was one of the things, I guess, on my list that I feel like I did get right in that you still had a long, long way to go uh, in order to be something that was going to be beyond a 500-ish kind of regular season. I don't know necessarily if it's fair to really you know, sum it all up very succinctly because of some of the shuffling you had to do there, some of the injuries that impacted guys uh, like Cole Spencer or eventually Rusty Stats. And again, just some of what you were forced to deal with there. But I got to say, I'm disgusted that this is on, I guess, my right list. <laughs> but yeah, your offensive line did not take some giant step forward, unfortunately. How do you feel about the progress from 22 to 23? And maybe an offensive line expectation for you. Yeah, you know, and the and the hard part about um, what we thought—if we're just talking offense here—what we thought we were going to get is not what we got, or what we hoped to get isn't what we got. However you want to phrase it, and it's hard to because I guess the one thing I was right on, uh, you know, on offense was that you're going to need more than one quarterback. Well, yeah, you, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, another disgusting entry. Something yeah. we wish we weren't. I mean, right on. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was so big on like the, 
the Cameron Brown addition uh, recently, yeah. uh, just adding another element to that room just to protect you a bit. And, and, and I guess I'm thinking like, okay, you're going to need more than one quarterback. But, I mean, sometimes you're like, man, he just can't play this week. He'll be back next week. But, you, again, you're dealing with, you know, unfortunately these long-term uh, injuries like with Shuck or lingering ones. And and really the the what sucks is we never got to see this offensive line. You know, um, never got a chance to see them progress. You know, Cole Spencer is out for the year uh, fairly early on. Um, you know, then and, and I guess it was at BYU, Rusty Stats, bad injury to his elbow, can play guard, can't really snap it. And and so it just never – because I, I – we 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 saw the offensive line as they wanted it uh, initially, but I, I I what I'm look what I'm talking about is, I think had they had a chance to stay there and continue to get better and gel and all that and get into their their groove a bit, I think it would have improved greatly. Yes, uh, compared to where it was, but we never got that, and that's yep. why I guess what I'm saying it's almost like it's hard to to grade some of these things when you didn't you didn't actually get what you what you hope to see and what you thought you were grading, if that makes sense. And for that position, right? I mean, you need weeks stacked on weeks with that position. Same five guys, same five spots. And and, and what's what's fascinating to me, and I talked about this with you, Cowan, like a week ago, Kansas State was thought they had all five starters back on the offensive line. Even And and that's why so many people were high on K-State. They were picked to finish ahead of you in the conference standings and all that. Even they – moved their pieces around with five guys that were solidified and had a great year last year. Yeah. It just, it, it, it was a bit different and we need to t- tweak this and all that. That's just kind of how that group goes, but they eventually kind of got it and, and, and started playing really good football. But that's, that's what's frustrating to me is that you just never really got to see that uh, group in its, in its in its pure form, if that makes sense, uh, to grow. I mean, yeah, people can say, yeah, well, the first two or three games or whatever it was, the group that you thought. But I wanted to see what what what, what did game seven look like with that group? What did game nine look like with that group? You know, and and but to their credit, you you you, you did well enough with Jacoby Jackson and stats at uh, at guard and and all those things and Wilburn back over to center. That you know, Taj Brooks. I mean. That, that offensive line deserves a lot of credit. Uh, so um, it, as average as it was at times, you know, that's the that's the deal. But, yeah, we were, you know, offensively, the, the biggest – to me, I, I'm sorry, but the biggest disappointment on the team is it comes from one of two things based on how I thought it would be. And maybe it's my fault. Uh, I don't know for, for thinking this way. I really thought your receivers would be different. I thought there would be some next steps taken, like some progression, and it just – they're just not a lot of juice. I mean, Coy Aiken was a bright spot. I think Dre McCray had some spots. I mean, Jerron Bradley – Miles Price, you know, was was pretty good at times. Other times there were some key drops. I mean, how many drops did you have? Yeah. You know, Jerron Bradley was clutch at the end of the the Kansas game, but that was like the exception rather than the rule. Which I mean, was well, similar to a previous year, right? You'd see him, and then you wouldn't see him for a few weeks. Inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, inconsistent. And and then Loic and Sparkman were just kind of just guys, really. Not not really a, a factor at all. 
And you, you you look up and there's just not a lot of juice. There's Joey talked about it a ton. There's no yards after the catch with this group. You know, uh, we've got to be better there. We got to be Xavier White was a huge bright spot when he would get the ball because he easily, you know, he had like, I don't know, 20 or 30 fewer targets and almost had as many uh, yards after the catch <laughs> as Bradley did. You know, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. like, yeah, it is crazy. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like the, the guy you just brought in, Josh Kelly, he had, uh, he had, I want to say, 30 fewer targets and like 400 more receiving yards than Jerron Bradley. You know, what's that tell you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's what you hope you're, you're adding. But that was what was wrong with this group. The other thing, man, is that I just uh, – I thought – I didn't think it would be as good as last year. I just didn't think the drop-off would be as dramatic with your with your pressure and your edge guys. Steve Linton, still an incomplete. I don't really know. I kind of saw what he's capable of, but never, you know, I mean, it, it was like in Waco, but everybody was eating that night, um, you know, and so I don't want to really give him too much credit. Uh, you got a sack that night at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I think that was a, that was a scene from The Hangover. Yeah, it's like sack lunch, yum, yeah, like crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Um, yeah, so I, I, he's an incomplete. Miles Cole was just kind of solid, but there was just not, you know, you know, because for all the talk about you know too many turnovers in offense and all the ineptness of the offense, or whether it was play calling or no juice or or whatever you wanted to point to, man, defensively. There wasn't just a whole lot of, of plays being made on that side of the ball either from the guys that were older, were thought to be – you don't have any draft picks on the offensive side. You know, maybe Taj, but there's a reason he came back. But right. Miles Cole's probably going to get picked. Uh, you, you know, like Jalen Hutchings may have a chance to get picked. Uh, Rabbit, you know, could not – but just not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of takeaways, not a lot of game-changing plays. Now, in the bowl game, they showed up. You know that, that those plays uh, were, were being made, but I just you know the Miles Cole Linton just kind of your your pressure guys were I think uh, a bit off and, and a, a lot less than what I would have uh, thought. Yeah, that that's something that was on my list as well, um, and it kind of ties into a bigger picture. Whether it was just purely uh, getting after the quarterback and and some of those dynamic plays made off of the edge, thought you would have some more of that, but. Also tying into the turnover numbers and just dynamic plays made overall by the defense. Some of the veteran experience that you had on the back end within your group of DBs, I thought would pay off. And we just never really saw it pay off as far as taking the football away. And that, you know, that's something this is rocket science here for you. That's something that will cover for a multitude of cents. If you're not all that deep, not all that talented defensively, just take the football away, find a way to do that. And you're probably going to have a competitive season uh, more often than not. But that was definitely on my wrong list. Did not see that come to fruition for a variety of reasons. Something else on my wrong list. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Heat up the action and keep the sports flames stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up by the warmth of a nice prop bet or a player parlay. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 back if your team wins. You'd be a fool not to take a bite 
out of that apple. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Something else on my wrong list. And this is kind of in a category of one positive, one negative. <laughs> um, you mentioned it yesterday. Taj Brooks got that wrong. Who had him penciled in for the year that he was going to have? Knew that he had been a great piece in some prior years. And one of my favorite Red Raiders. Loved the way he ran the football. Loved the tandem of he and Sir Roderick Thompson. I said going back a year ago that when it was all said and done, those were the two most reliable playmakers that you had on the offensive side of the football. They were turning chicken spit into chicken soup just about every week. But without the other part of that duo being there, envisioning Taj Brooks being a featured ball carrier and the guy that would break more tackles than anybody in the football bowl subdivision and having the yardage that he did at the end of the year, I got that wrong, and that's one I was glad to get wrong, Chris, because he had an incredible season, and there's no way that I was predicting that. Yeah, you know, and and we were we were probably wrong about the impact that because we I think we thought uh, at least I did. I mean, you know, I, I know what he can do. You even saw glimpses of it in the bowl game, but we kind of also thought that Cameron Valdez would be like a a different looking kind of complement to Taj, and and it would be this this one two punch again with Taj being the lead back, but. You know, Cameron was not uh, what we had hoped he would be either, you know, at least to this point. Um, I'm glad he's coming back. Um, and I hope that he can kind of take some of the pressure off of Taj Brooks. But, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's also something that we were, you know, glad to be glad to be wrong about in on, in one sense. But uh, but there's a reason why we were wrong, because, I mean, I think, you know, number zero could have impacted that that conversation uh, as well, which is what we kind of thought. And I mean, remember the remember all the talk. Um, well, we we think Cameron is going to be so much better when you pair him next to Taj because it's a so much of a different running style. Right. It's like they got used to Sir Roderick and Taj. It's it's the same style, um, and 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 the defense doesn't have to adjust with Cameron in there. He's more of a north south one cut and go. Uh, a little more speed, um, you know, things like that. And, but it's just Taj's emergence, um, you know, and, and then, and then Cameron being dinged up and, and just kind of not being as durable as you would hope. And also not being able to pick up the blitz as well, you know, uh, kind of limits what, what he's able to do. And Taj uh, obviously took advantage to the tune of what, what uh, 1400 uh, <laughs> yards, I guess. I, you know, the Valdez thing, I just look straight at myself and say, well, you were wrong about that. And it was your fault that you were wrong about that. Because the first time <laughs> that I saw him in action, I'm thinking this, this cat is not going to be what I anticipated. He's, he's too little. Number one, like a nice change of pace or complimentary back. Sure. But in a very small dose, because he wasn't going to stand up to some beating. And that probably ties into the pass blocking stuff too. Um, I'm not saying he's the tiniest man we've ever seen, but when I really got to see him in the big 12 or versus Oregon or some of these guys, I'm thinking, what was I thinking in assuming that he would just step in and here's Sir Roderick Thompson of another variety. I knew he wasn't gonna be the same type, but I blame myself for that. And I have already given myself a whipping for it. If you're wondering out there <laughs> on the other side, 
of being wrong in a negative way, a way in which, look, I'm glad to be wrong about Taj Brooks, but a way in which I wish I wasn't wrong. I had much higher expectations for Tyler Shuck. Even as a healthy quarterback, I don't feel like we saw real good quarterback play, real impactful quarterback play. And I know you may look at some of the statistics, some of the yardage. He ran for over 100 yards against Oregon to go with his 282 on 24 for 38 passing. But there's one very specific thing for a guy that was in, what, his fifth year, I guess, of college football, maybe sixth, fifth year of college football, three picks in that game. And I'm thinking, man, if if you're a gray-haired, old-head college quarterback, I would like to believe that one category that is safe is going to be giving the football away. And for, you know, whatever lack of playmaking ability some might have felt like was there with him or whatever, whatever ways you were disappointed, to me, the the turnover column was just one that I was kind of blown away by in for all the wrong reasons. I'm thinking, you come into the year, you have a healthy Tyler Shuck, then you've got a reliable quarterback spot. And I got to tell you, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, and again, want to hear from everybody in the audience whether or not you agree or disagree with this. Those first two weeks of the season, I look at the stat line against Wyoming, 31 for 47, 338, three TDs, one interception. I'm thinking, all right, well, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't sound bad. But there were not plays made for like a middle third of that game. And then you get to Oregon. I've already run this down, some of the turnovers that impacted that game. I really expected a lot more. And I know that we'll remember all of the injury setbacks and things that limited him in that way, but I don't know if we're talking about that in the first two weeks of the season, and I still was a little bit disappointed. So I I was wrong with some of my too high expectations, I think, uh, for Tyler Shuck, who's now a Louisville Cardinal. Yeah, and you know, and I, and I, I think though that you have uh, you have reason to feel like you had high expectations and a reason to to have a high bar because of what you had seen with him to end last season. In the bowl game specifically, right? Absolutely, MVP. Um, and and I can't I can't unsee all of those things too. Yeah, and and that's what is frustrating to me too is that like the offensive line, I think he would have absolutely figured it out. There was he's just he was too locked in, too sharp. He's just too good at the position for for him to continue kind of with without being like really good to me. Yeah, uh, but but you know, and I. Like, would you had he gotten had he not gotten hit with that horrible ankle, you know, leg break and all that in, in Morgantown, would he have figured it out that day? You know, um, it, and it's funny because uh, you know people were were obviously talking really loud about Tyler and replacing you know Baron and uh, we're replacing him with Baron, you know, in in September and as we we kind of you know I'm sure you heard it like I did. Oh yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because I mean back in. Uh, I don't know. Was it three or four weeks ago? It's like I just I don't see it with Morton, man. I just don't. I don't know. Man. Who, <laughs> yeah. who 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 else we got? Who else we got coming? And I, I'm just like <laughs> you, you can't. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just you got to commit at some point. I know. It's like yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of like have we hired six consecutive really bad offensive <laughs> coordinators, or are we possibly wrong yeah. as fans? Is what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's like uh, it's like fans want you to be like or have like John Gruden as the head coach, and like remember how he used to collect quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, he'd have like six of them. Coach, we don't have enough roster spots for all these dudes. Yeah, well, kind of flavor of the week type deal, guys. You know, right. I'm just not sure who I'm feeling <laughs> on. Uh, on, on a Sunday, uh, but on Monday and Tuesday, these guys, you know, whatever. So you can't right. just, you know, 
but um, yeah, it's just funny you say that because I think there's some people that like a month ago they would have been like, Baron's just a huge disappointment," and I'm just like, "I can't, we, you just can't keep doing this, folks." You gotta, <laughs> you can't yeah, keep doing yeah, that's right, that's right. But that's the that's the hard part about Tyler is that you know I I, I do absolutely think he would have, uh, and maybe I would have been wrong there, but I, I just I, I'd seen I'd seen too much at the end of last season, and they were all wins. I'd seen uh, too much in the in the spring and the summer, and just uh, how good it was. And, you know, it's like, I mean, that's, what's crazy is like, cause you know, what was deadly um, most of the spring and the summer uh, at times when he wasn't hurt was, was Koy Aiken catching long yeah. balls from Tyler Shuck. And those two were really never allowed to be on the field together because at the time that Koy Aiken was kind of coming back from his injury, Tyler Shuck was just getting re-injured and was out. Yeah. And then in the spring and the summer, Koy Aiken broke, uh, you know, collarbone twice, once in the spring, once in the summer, or, or in the, yeah, in, in August, and he missed significant parts of those. And so it, it's just like that whole thing, because that was when they were both there and healthy and, and right, it was scary good, but we never, you know, that's what's frustrating about this sport sometimes. All right. Anything else on your list we hadn't hit, or is this enough self-flagellation and immolation for one episode? Well, I, f- I felt like we were we were worried about your kicker. I don't think you have a question mark about your kicker going into next yeah. year. Uh, it, you know, he missed uh, in the bowl game. It was his first miss under 40 yards. He would have been perfect for that. But that's what I had said. If he could just make the, the ones that he needs to, you'll be just fine. And <laughs> in large in part, he did. Um, and it's like you go back to that Wyoming game, and it, like if you grade him on that one, kind of like Shuck, you're like, but he figured it out. He got time to, you know, he made 350 plus yarders. So I I guess in a way we were wrong there to be worried about it, you know, and happy Um, to be wrong about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So anyway, but yeah, that's, uh, I I just wanted to to finish it up with, uh, with that one. So anyway, credit to, to my man, Gino getting it done and mm-hmm. uh to kenny perry best special teams coach yeah. in the country Dang. and i liked uh i can't remember who it was he got an addition in the, either the portal or recruiting class and i think uh maybe it was blanchard or somebody tweeting kenny perry just became a better special teams coach because of this cat they're jack, bringing in jack burgess uh, yeah that's who it was that's yeah, who it was. <laughs> yeah who was the second leading punter in i think fcs or something yeah so it's funny and how it, the jimmies and joes can help you with the x's and o's right a thousand percent, and, and yet, and yet, Kenny hopes that uh, Jack never punts the ball. Right, you know, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> let us know how you see it. What did you get right? What did you get wrong? As far as preseason expectations, would love to hear from you as always in the YouTube comments. And we're back on the other side. We'll recap whatever goes down at United Supermarkets Arena. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. And we'll wrap up the week tomorrow. Yep. Hope to see everybody tonight at the arena against the Bearcats. With a K, um, and uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be back to uh, tomorrow morning to kind of break that all that down and get into some more football talk and all that as we approach uh, 2024. Mm. I know, mm. isn't that wild? Getting uh, getting older or wiser? I don't know which. Maybe both. Still here, still kicking. What were the minds <laughs> thinking? I have no idea. All right, we're back tomorrow. We're going to get into a portal conversation best additions yet within the portal and some of those that we'll mention have got it big impact on a conversation we want to get into also regarding the look of the offensive line in 2024 so hope you'll join us for that always appreciate you being out there make sure you subscribe on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts 
so you never miss an episode. And we hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs>